Katie Garrett, your functional medicine nutritionist, and I'm here with my husband, Philip. It's me. And today I'm going to start with a riddle and see how smart you guys are. We likes riddles. <laughs> Precious. Gollum. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's from Lord of the Rings for anyone who didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually from The Hobbit. Oh, really? Yeah. Bilbo asks, uh, or uh, Bilbo and, and Gollum with the riddles in the bottom of the cave. But when Frodo what? meets him at the pond, they what don't do riddles then, to... right? Frodo doesn't, no, no, that oh. was Bilbo. What has it got in its pockets? Is? Oh, okay. I definitely trust you as the authority on that subject. Okay, but back to the riddle that the listeners are really wanting to hear. I'm ready. <laughs> so what nutrient, if you optimize your intake, may reduce cardiovascular disease by 25%, normalize blood pressure, decrease inflammation and bloating, and minimize symptoms of most autoimmune conditions. Those are all good things, and I'm guessing the answer is not french fries, but I'm really hoping. The I'm answer hoping for everyone. is in the title of the podcast, so you should already know the answer to this question, and it is salt or Ooh. sodium chloride. Okay. So we might kind of think about this as being a problem just for people who already have high blood pressure, um, but... When you look into the research, you find that it affects a lot of things more than other than blood pressure. But let's just start with the blood pressure component of this. So typical salt consumption is supposed to be around or up to 2,300 milligrams. The average American consumes 3,400 milligrams. Mm. So we consume 50% more than we should. Not good. Typical American fashion there. Here we go. Um, And if you have any of, you know, high blood pressure or cardiovascular disease, you're actually supposed to keep it to about 1,500 milligrams. So that means we're doing on average more than two times what we should if you are in one of those conditions. So the interesting thing, though, is that when they do studies of people reducing their sodium intake, they find that only about 50% of people with high blood pressure have a lowering of their blood pressure Hmm. with less salt. And they've discovered that these people who do have their blood pressure lowered by lowering their salt intake are called salt sensitive. And it's only about 50% of people who are salt sensitive. And salt sensitivity is almost like its own little condition. And so the other 50% of people have high blood pressure for other reasons. For example, the gut could be one. Mm. I talk about that a little bit more in depth in my blog post, which I will link below. But if you are one of these salt-sensitive people, it means that when you consume salt, it's actually creating inflammation in the arteries, and that's what makes you sensitive to it. And so it's really this salt-inflammatory axis here, the salt inflammatory connection that's creating the issue, not so much as the salt itself. Interesting. So basically what you're saying is that, you know, a lot of modern medicine boils it down to, well, it's the salt. You got to get rid of the salt there. Yeah. It's an easy, you know, like this leads to this and that's just how the formula works. But as we might expect, it's a little more complicated. And that's the great part about functional medicine is that we're looking at, well, how does salt function in our bodies? So looking at the individual and how do you react Mm -hmm. to salt it's kind of like the whole thing of like some people can drink milk and it's totally fine. Yeah. Some people can eat bread and it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I can't do either because it doesn't <laughs> work for me. But I'm unique in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So it is um, that salt sensitivity creating inflammation kind of means that if you 
aren't really inflamed and your body is good at resolving inflammation, you're not going to notice any effects of it. Mm -hmm. So if your rest of your lifestyle is pretty healthy and we can see this when we look at Asian populations because they have the highest salt consumption of anyone else. You know, think about like soy sauce and stuff like that. And so, but they have the lowest risk of cardiovascular disease, hypertension, autoimmunity, um, especially the autoimmune conditions linked to salt. They have the lowest prevalence, even though they have the highest salt intake. So it's Does not, not compute. It's not a clear one to one, but they also have way more anti-inflammatory aspects of their diet than we do in America. So we just don't have the same resiliency to the inflammation that can be triggered by excessive sodium consumption. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, when I talked about how that salt can lead to inflammation in the arteries, it also leads to inflammation other in other places of the body. So studies have shown that it will increase the creation of new cells that like new compounds from the immune system that ramp up inflammation so it actually will like allow more of those compounds to exist in your body and the compounds that already do exist from your white blood cells it makes them more pro-inflammatory so like it changes the immune system on both like the 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 root cause level of creating new inflammatory compounds and on making what's already there even worse. Hmm. Okay. So wait, let's take a step back for a sec. So you're, you're saying that in essence, there are some people that are sensitive to salt Mm -hmm. and there are some people that are not for those that are sensitive to salt. In addition to it affecting your blood pressure, it can also affect you in these other ways, right? Well, so the difference is most likely that, um, it's affecting everyone in this inflammatory way because um, it looks like this is just the way it interacts with our body. But some people's bodies are better at fighting that inflammation. So they never end up with the inflamed arteries so they don't develop high blood pressure. Gotcha. So the salt-sensitive people have been shown to have higher uh, body weight, like more risk of obesity. They have higher blood sugar. They have older age. So basically, they just fall into this category of people who tend to be more inflamed already. Gotcha. So we can all benefit from taking a look at our salt intake. Mm -hmm. Because even if we don't have the existing, you know, like medically termed, air quotes, medically termed, high blood pressure condition that high salt Mm -hmm. gives us, Mm -hmm. it it still could be contributing in other ways. Right, like autoimmune disease. Mm. So some of these inflammatory compounds are known to both create and then increase the symptoms of autoimmune disease. So um, different conditions like multiple sclerosis and lupus have been like specifically studied and seen that when you increase your salt intake, the symptoms of these two conditions get worse. And then um, studies have kind of more indirectly shown a link between other autoimmune conditions like irritable bowel disease, which causes uh, Crohn's as an example of that, um, and rheumatoid arthritis and others. Well, salt is so prevalent and autoimmune is usually so gradual it can be tough to correlate right exactly you're not going to just be like oh i ate like way too many french fries one day and then now the next day i'm developing autoimmune disease so story of my life it is a little bit harder to detect that but one of the other you know i love talking about the gut we knew that (laughs) so i have to bring this up 
that one of the ways it impacts us is it actually can, when we eat salt and it goes into our gut, it can decrease some beneficial strains of probiotics called lactobacillus. Oh, <gasps> no. And so when they did this, they ate salt, the lactobacillus and the mice, um, those strains went down, and then the mice had higher blood pressure and worse autoimmune disease. And then when they were given salt plus the probiotic as like a supplement, then they didn't have the impact on their blood pressure and autoimmune disease. Wow. I know. And then the other one is that there's a study of over 400 people, and when they consumed more salt, they had a significantly more bloating regardless of the fiber in their diet. Wow. Yeah, you would never think that salt could lead to bloating. That's true. Okay, so what what now? What's our takeaway? What What can we do about this? So um, I have a list on the blog post that I mentioned earlier, so you can go to that if you want to see something written out. Um, but in general, start reading labels. Get an idea of what your salt intake is um, and compare it to what the recommendations are. When you choose packaged foods, get the low-sodium varieties. And when you're not able to, rinse your food, drain it, get all that salty water and brine you know, out of your food. Um, and then try to focus on whole fresh foods. Don't eat a lot of like processed meats um, and make more food at home because restaurant food is loaded in salt. Mm. <laughs> so try to limit how often you're eating it that. It does taste so good though. It does. So it's not like it's bad for you. It's an essential nutrient. You just have to stay in the right range for your body. Okay. All right. That's fair. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening and check out our sponsor, Fort Worth Food Stories. They have a podcast and they interview people who own restaurants on that podcast. So if you want like an inside look to different restaurants around the city, that could be a great option. Absolutely. So just remember to keep it to like once or twice a week though when you do go out. That's fair. All right. Thanks. Bye.